Hello, this is a daily tech and territory small tech news with you, so do stick around the entire thing, you will enjoy it, I assume anyway, and I think you will actually anyway, so do stick around. Uh, also, leave a like if you want, if you're on YouTube, just thought I'd point that one in. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, yeah, anyway, so, first article is by Neowin. Uh, Xiaomi's 80 watt wireless charging tech can fully charge a 4000 milliamp hour battery in just a very small time of 19 minutes, which is quite impressive to be honest. Uh, so Xiaomi has previously demoed a 120 watt fast wired charging solution and a 50 watt fast wireless charging solution for smartphones. Uh, so the 50 watt charging can charge a 4000 milliamp hour battery to 0 to 100 uh, in just 40 minutes, which is still quite impressive. But now that we've got 80 watts, it's going to be possible to do it in 19 minutes, which is quite a bit of an improvement. And it will take 50% to get to 8 minutes, which is, it will take 8 minutes to get to 50%, not the other way around. Yeah, so it's really good. You need a bit of charge, just really throw it down for a bit. Oppo had announced its 65 watt Air VOOC wireless charging solution earlier this year. And it could do the same uh, battery sized phone in just 30 minutes. So the company have used, uh, so um, Xiaomi have used a, f yeah, so it's using a dual coil uh, thing. No, no, so Oppo's one has. Uh, Xiaomi has not detailed how uh, this one works, they've only just really boasted the speed, which is fair enough, it's very fast. Uh, there's no word from Xiaomi as to when this 80 watt wireless charger. Uh, fast, uh, fast charging tech will show up inside of its smartphones, but I have a feeling it can be quite soon, uh, seeing as they've demoed it, I feel like it won't be too long. I mean, I don't know how long they would normally take, but I feel like this is possible uh, to come in a quite uh, next generation or maybe next generation after that, depending on when they release their phones. And I think it will definitely be one of those features that you're kind of, some people would actually really like. Uh, moving on to the next article, it's a bit of short, yeah, well, uh, so, Eurogamer, uh, this article was by Eurogamer, well, that's what I was trying to say. Sony to optimise the PlayStation 5 fan uh, with online updates. It's really weird how you can do loads with a thing with just updates. You can do loads with updates, I mean, uh, what was some really big one that added loads, but, well, if you think of just, like, new operating systems, you're still, you're getting more for nothing technically so they're going to optimize the playstation 5's internal fan uh, through updates so in an interview with 4gamer.net uh, and i believe it's been translated as well because it was japanese and stuff um yashirio utori uh, vice president of mechanical design at sony interactive entertainment's hardware uh, design uh, division said Sony will optimize the fan based on data on the accelerated processing unit APU's behavior in each game. So various games will be released in the future and data on the APU's behavior in each game will be collected as they would obviously want to do they can optimize it uh, really well. We have a plan to optimize the fan control based on this data uh, so obviously that's what they would be trying to do. So in the recent uh, PlayStation 5 teardown video, which if you haven't heard about it, go and check out one of my episodes. It's on one of them. It prob I think yeah, it was the thing. It was part of the title and thumbnail, so you'll be able to find it. So go and check that out if you don't know what I'm talking about. So in this teardown video, they revealed a double-sided uh, air intake fan, which is 120 millimeters and a diameter of 45 millimeters. 
Uh, the console uses a temperature sensor inside of the APU, so there's three uh, temperature sensors on the mainboard to control the fan speed. And it's these that they can like they can tweak how the fan works through these updates. So for example, if a game is under heavy load for a, uh, a long amount of time, Sony can increase the fan speed to make sure everything's cool. Uh, even if it's a bit louder, but I mean you'd rather play the game than uh, just have a quiet console kind of just sitting there. The PlayStation 4 does have a reputation to be on the loud side uh, sometimes, uh, and they've redesigned this for quietness, so hopefully it'll still follow that while doing some really efficient cooling. Uh, but it's really cool what updates can do to do things. At least it'll be more optimised and all of that. So yes, yeah, really good. Optimising stuff's great. Next up, uh, this article is by TechRadar. We haven't got as many tech rider ones today as we did yesterday. Uh, Huawei Mate 40 Pro leak shows off the phone from almost every single angle. Which is crazy, I mean you don't want your phone to leak that much. So little has been known about the upcoming flagship uh, over the last few months, but now uh, there's some detailed pictures of this device. So a new report by um, WinFuture, which is a German technology site, uh, details a lot of specs that we can apparently expect to be unveiled uh, of the phone on October 22nd. The report also brings uh, with it the look of the design. Uh, the publication hasn't shared details on its sources, but the information does match uh, what we've heard so far, but still take a pinch of salt. Uh, as you would, it's leaks. We won't find out until it's released. Uh, above you can see one of the leaked uh, design renders. According to the publication, the phone will also feature a 6.7 uh, 6 inch OLED display with a resolution of 2772 by 1344, which is really good. It should also have curved edges, uh, just making it look a bit cool. I don't know what people like about curved edges, but apparently it's quite cool. And it's also expected to have an on display fingerprint scanner, as you would expect. Yeah, the camera is expected uh, and looks to be in like a circle in the top center, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. We don't know about the prices, but we will expect them to be quite expensive. So the Mate 30 Pro starts at £899.99 uh, in the UK. So we would expect a similar amount as you do when you just do next generations. So it's expected to be um, quite expensive. But I mean, if you're getting quality hardware in it, then I think there's good reason to. You'll pay a lot for an iPhone, you'll pay a, pay a lot for some Samsung phones. Why wouldn't you pay a lot for a Huawei phone? I mean, there's reasons, but still. I think they're quite cool, and I think this phone's really cool. Uh, also next up is another article by TechRadar. TechRadar are a really good site, I think most of the sites I talk uh, from are generally quite good. Also they will all be uh, linked in the description, uh, so if you want to go and read them yourself, uh, you can, they'll all be in order as well. Uh, so when the announcement of Nvidia's RTX 3090 dropped, uh, it was very exciting. Oh I didn't read the title did I? Uh, the RTX 3090 is such a beast, it can run Witcher 3, Horizon Zero Dawn, and more at a nice, it's a bit low resolution to be honest, I mean the text isn't too sharp, it's only 8k, I mean, we've got more than that haven't we? Uh, so YouTuber at Bang for Buck PC Gamer showcased Crisis 3, The Witcher 3, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Final Fantasy uh, XV, 15, something like that, I don't know, uh, running on an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3090 with all the games achieving 30 FPS, which doesn't sound too impressive when you think about it, but yeah, you're running at 8K, 
So I think it's totally worth it, even if you don't generally play at that, because you probably don't even have an 8K. Most people won't have an 8K uh, screen, but you'll just use 4K more, but it's still really good. Uh, given these are still graphically demanding, uh, and still make frequent appearances for most beautiful games, this achievement is no, is no small feat. Uh, so for Horizon Zero Dawn, the YouTuber used a mix of high and ultra settings and achieved 30 FPS. Uh, some diffs 27, which again sounds bad, but it's really quite good if you're running at 8K. God, I hate to imagine what the next generation of these cars will do. For Final Fantasy 15, the game uh, ran with DLSS at, uh, and 35 to 40 FPS in 8K. Uh, though NVIDIA VXAO had to be disabled and other options were left uh, enabled. And uh, this card also managed to run the Witcher 3 Ultra settings uh, with 8K, uh, no more than 35 FPS, which is still an incredible achievement for the amount of um, things. So, I mean, it's really good. It adds more graphical fidelity and all that stuff. And Crisis 3 uh, ran at 40 FPS, which is actually quite decent uh, at 8K on high settings. This, good, this game does have an option for very high, uh, but this obviously proved to be especially taxing, as you would expect. You're running at 8K. It does feel like 8K is kind of uh, 4K's just been kind of skipped here if you think about it. I mean, it's not going to be with these cards, obviously, you're going to be playing at 4K more than likely. Something like brightness, my room's just gone really dark. Um, and I even turned it off. There we go. So, um, yeah, it's really cool what this card can do. 4K, I think, is what most people will play this on, mainly because even 8K screens aren't even too much of a thing right now. I mean, they're a thing, don't get me wrong, but they're not loads. Like, yeah. Uh, next article that is up is by Textbot. Uh, Microsoft is installing Office web apps on some computers without permission, which is a no-no, just no. Uh, so Microsoft appears to be experimenting with the idea of automatically installing progressive web app, uh, PWA versions of Word, Excel, Outlook, and PowerPoint without user permission. Um, yeah, so Office uh, PWAs are web-based versions of Chrome, Excel, Outlook, and PowerPoint, which can be accessed via a web browser like Edge or Chrome. Typically, if users want um, one of Office PWAs, then they need to manually install them, and the apps are then added to the Windows Start menu, where they can be easily accessed. However, Windows latest points out uh, that Microsoft appears to be experimenting uh, with different approaches. Over the weekend, a number of Windows users found that these were automatically installed without seeking permission, which I think is a bit wrong. You should they should ask if you want it on your computer. I think if it came all, if it came with Windows, then I think it would be fine. I don't know. Even then, it's a bit. I don't know. You would have really. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's a whole moral debate on it and all that. Should you be downloading stuff to their computer? Well, no, but yes, but yes bit weird but here we are they're probably going to continue doing it unless there's a massive um kickoff uh, so now what's caught the attention of many is that these office pwa auto installations are not just happening to insider users uh, who give consent to even these experiments instead many reports are popping up that regular windows 10 users have been seeing these shortcuts which is very much bad some are calling it a light version of bloatware or free microsoft ads which is technically True, like it's the same thing as Google tends to do on Chromebooks where they promote Google Docs. Uh, the progressive web apps don't take any space on your drive though, so that's not too bad. And they can be genuinely useful, especially to some beginner. Uh, 
so yeah. So it's definitely wondering if they should be doing this or not. I think I wouldn't find it too annoying. I think if you can get rid of them, I don't think it's too annoying. But I mean, it's that effort that taking going to do. Like, um, I feel like they shouldn't. I think that's the final thing on it. Oh my god. <clears throat> right. Um. Yeah. I I feel like this shouldn't anyway. Right. Moving on. I feel like this has been really short today. It probably has been, but I'm fine with that. Uh, Yanko Design, uh, this article is by Nintendo's Mario's Kart in real life with AR brings pure racing um, fun out, fun indoors goodbye, uh, binge watching Netflix you got more to do now uh, so the popular gaming franchise Mario Kart uh, by Nintendo, you've probably heard of it once or twice, it's not too popular I would say definitely not, anyway um, the game has seen generations of players battling uh, and this is no I think to bring the game environment into the real world, and yes, the people are gonna want it. Uh, so Nintendo calls it the Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which fuses classic kart racing into the real world with augmented reality environment. It's actually a two-part acquisition. You have to download the game uh, from the Switch eShop, which sells the gaming interface bit, uh, but you also have to buy. You have to pay a hundred US dollars for the kart with either Mario or Luigi. And a stack of four cardboard gates uh, to shape out the racetrack. And all of that. It's still quite cool. And I feel like it's definitely probably worth the price. You've got some pictures down here. So the kart has an onboard camera as you obviously need to be able to drive around. I think it's really cool. Obviously be careful with it. I assume if you hit it too much it will probably start to break. I quite like the Luigi one to be honest. But they both look really cool. Anyway so we'll just go through some of the pictures. Firstly, you got this picture. I mean, if you're not, if you're on Anchor or anything like that, if you're not actually watching, then uh, that's sorry. I'm not gonna try to describe it. I think that's completely useless. But check them out if you have time. I think if we just go through, you can see a close-up of Mario. Another picture of it. You can kind of see the racetrack setup here, which is really cool. Um, it's definitely cool what it does in the whole AR thing, and all of that is really cool. And so you've got two people playing there, but that's going to cost a whole lot. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's definitely quite expensive. If you get, like, even two players, but, eh, yeah, well. I feel like it's definitely worth it for some people. Moving on to the next article, this article is by Express. Uh, OnePlus is building a Samsung Galaxy Watch rival, and it could release very soon. Uh, which, obviously, you want to rival other companies and this is what they're going to be doing. So out of nowhere OnePlus has seemingly confirmed that the long rumoured uh, existence of their smartwatches. Days after the launch of its latest handset which was the OnePlus 8T which I did talk about I believe. Actually did I? Yeah I did, I did. Uh, go check out that uh, if you have time. But right after you've listened to this. Uh, so it's just a matter of time. Uh, so they said more things are coming to the OnePlus ecosystem, it's just a matter of time. And then they tweeted a sketch of a cyclist smartwatch design, which pretty much means it's confirmed. We've actually seen this rough sketch before. Uh, they shared an image back in 2016, so it's been a few years. It's unclear uh, whether the smartwatch that OnePlus is teasing will have the same design, or if they're going to have the same as 2016 one, or they've redesigned it. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be 
I think it's still going to be circular and all that. I feel like it just could be tweaked slightly. I mean, I've had four years. They must have done something. Given that OnePlus has already started a teaser launch for its first wearable, it's probably going to be called the OnePlus Watch before... We're probably going to see the OnePlus Watch before the end of the year. And it's probably going to be called OnePlus Watch or OnePlus Smartwatch, something like that. I don't know. Uh, it would be a bit odd for OnePlus to crank up the height and then uh, release it uh, in the next few... Like, in a year. It wouldn't make sense. So, yeah, that's really cool. I feel like there's not too much to go on here, but I mean, it could arrive before Christmas, which it would make sense to do. Uh, it always makes sense to do something before Christmas, more people will buy it. So, yeah. And finest, finally, for the last article today, it's by PC Gamer. Should you buy a Intel Core i5-9400F? So... When it comes to the uh, Intel Core i5-9400F, there are a few bargains uh, that uh, you should probably will find on Black Friday, Amazon Prime Day is gone. Uh, so if you're trying to establish whether you should get it or not, uh, then here's what it is. So it has 6 cores, 6 threads, which is really good. Uh, there is no overclocking. It's got a base clock of 2.9GHz, but you can probably get more than that because it has a boost clock of 4.1GHz. Quite a low TDP at 65 Um it uses the LG A1151 socket, um, and it generally costs, it launched at 182 but you can probably get it, US dollars, but you can probably get it for cheaper. So it is built on the Coffee Lake microarchitecture, and it's a 6-core, six 6-thread six CPU, however, no hyper-threading, obviously. It is a predecessor to the Core i, it's the next generation to the Core i5-8400, however, the locked multiplier means that no overclocking or all that stuff. And there'll be no integrated graphics, which is what the F stands for. Same with the i3, we're getting an i3, I believe it's the 10100F. Which obviously drives down the price a bit less. At this point, uh, with, with games about to come more multi-thread aware, we do, people do recommend you find a CPU with multi-threading capabilities, so you're ready for the next range uh, of games. But I mean, it's still a really good deal of a CPU, I believe. Like... Yeah, it's a really, it's still a good CPU, and I mean, if you're pairing it with something like maybe a future, like RTX 3060, or even like a um, GTX 1650 Super, something like that, I think it'd be quite good. Although you could get something like an i3-10100, uh, maybe even the F model one, that could come out, uh, that could be a 4-core 8-thread model, uh, which would technically be better, kind of. Or you could just get a Ryzen chip, like it's possible, you can still get those for quite a bit of cheap, like a Ryzen 3. So I think if you want an Intel uh, kind of Ryzen 3 alternative, I think this is a good option. Um, especially if you can get a bit of a cheaper price, but I do think there are better options out there. So if you're willing to spend a bit more time looking, then I think you should. But it's still a good CPU, like there's no doubting that. It's just a few limitations that kind of don't make, it kind of drive down the quality in, really. Which is a bit of a shame. I think it's still a good CPU. If you still is a good CPU, that let's be clear on that. Anyway, yeah. So get it if you want it. Don't really if you actually. I feel like there are better options. That's what I'm trying to say. But it's still a good option. Anyways, I hope you did enjoy today's episode. If you did, uh, then please consider subscribing and turning on bell notifications. If you are on YouTube, uh, this is so you can see all the latest tech news by me. Um, and if you're on Anchor, Google um, Podcast, Apple Podcast, 
uh, Spotify, anything like that, click the heart or follow button. There should be something like that. If there's something else, click that. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyways, have a good day.